Hello, welcome to another Azure-centric podcast on our weekly update show with our good friend Angelos. My <laughs> name is Marcos Nogueira and I'm your host for this, this episode. It's a very nice introduction and a very polite one, but uh, it is, it's our show and it's, it's our week. And, and as you guys can see it, it's going to be a great show. And main reason is we are recording on, on daylight time. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> we have a reputation for daylight recordings, don't we? Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's a nice reputation. We got a lot of feedback saying, please record all the episodes or all the show during the light time. Uh, because it's it's way more funner, let's call it this way. But this week, there is there is a topic uh, regarding this week, um, a kind of a combined topic, let's call it this way. But uh, after the last podcast, um, and if you listen the uh, 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 the last podcast, thank you for doing that because it did break our record. Although it was, was a, a very special yeah. week. It was the Ignite week, um, and it was the, the week that all the announcements come. Uh, we did cover on a different perspective than the um, Book of News. Uh, we didn't record yet the Book of News. Um, we were doing to our very busy agendas and all of the, the good things that Ignite come, um, or the Ignite bring to us in this case, let's, let me say on that way. It was it was a different way, uh, but uh, without further ado, I think uh, we want to thank you uh, in this case uh, for for listening the podcast. Uh, if you like what we are doing over here, giving a thumbs up, uh, it will help us a lot. Uh, giving a thumbs down if you don't like it, um, but uh, above all, uh, keep that momentum going. And, and uh, share with your friends if you really like what you listen over here and seeing over here on our show. The idea over here is to pass the knowledge. Right, Andrew? Absolutely. Yeah. It's our, uh, one of our bigger uh, driving forces. We like to just get together and share and kind of go through, uh, go through the Azure updates and the news and kind of share how it relates to the real world based on our experiences and knowledge. So it's kind of a our own little spin on uh, Azure News for the week, and it was an interesting week this week. Yes, there it was. was uh, there's a bit of a theme. So I don't want to spoil it. So um, no spoil. It, it's interesting. No Last week, alerts. I don't know what the theme was uh, after Ignite. It was like the holy cow theme. It uh, was. There was it just was, everything. It, it was what's called what we usually call the Armageddon. It uh, was all yeah, updates. Exactly. <laughs> How, how many how many updates was there last? It was like ninety two or, or something. Yeah, and yeah. It was just crazy. That was the biggest number I've ever seen. Yeah, and um, which is good though because it means awesome. there's a lot of products coming out, a lot of updates happening, and um, it's not like they were saving up for a long time before Ignite either. So they didn't hold back a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Indeed. So they are keep going. It's going to be a short in this case. Not as long as the other one, so uh, I don't <laughs> sure know if that's good standards. news for you or not. Uh, if you like us, the this duo 
that we have kind of a, a, a sync duo like a country one or something like that. Uh, in Brazil, we call the Sertanejo. Uh, uh, in this case, the duo, the Sertanejo duo. Uh, it's kind of more like a country uh, over here in North America. But yeah, without further ado, let's start our show. The first update that we got is Azure Routing Preference. It's now in GA. Uh, we did have a team on last episode about Azure Route Server. Okay, that yeah. was in preview. Uh, this is a little bit different. Okay. It, yeah, it is different. Although the naming is very similar, but it's not the same thing. That's the first thing that I want to clarify. Uh, if you are following us, um, and we did start the the curious or not the last last show or the last episode with Azure Route Server, uh, I mm -hmm. think. Uh, but in this case, is the routing. Azure routing preference. So what do you think about these, these updates? Um, I actually like this one. So this one builds on some of the news that we've talked about maybe in uh, like a few months ago, I think, where we saw some very powerful articles from Mark Rasinovich, I believe. Uh, if I'm wrong, please uh, correct me by yes, all means. He was our but good friend, the CTO of Azure. Exactly. Yeah, the big, uh, the big Kahuna, right? Uh, I think they said. But um, he wrote some really powerful uh, articles. Uh, I think it was either two or three about using Azure Backbone, using um, Microsoft's fiber network to route traffic worldwide, and giving customers choices about if they use uh, like a DMARC, like an endpoint to route out of the network. So as an example, let's say that you do all of your work in uh, Europe, different regions in Europe, but for some reason you have the need to have a public network access DMARC point from your network in United States. So maybe you have a new client there or something like that, you want to give them an ingress point and you need an egress point from the Microsoft networks, but you don't want to give them a VPN uh, connection, for example, right? So we, we can use this style of connecting to keep across the ocean from Europe to United States on Microsoft Fiber, then demark somewhere in one of the say US West or something and demark out of there to public internet. Uh, at a provider there that's close to maybe your client in that area, for example. So yeah. it's a really interesting choice, right? Because instead of having to maintain your own private MPLS network, um, I've stood up some uh, MPLS connections across Canada from, uh, you know, coast to coast kind of an idea and across the United States. And when I think about the cost of per mile, I don't want to think about having to cross an ocean. So there's a lot of benefit to not just cost, but staying on that 10 and 100 gig fiber backbone that Microsoft has built and maintains. And we don't, as a business, you wouldn't have to maintain that. You simply, uh, it just goes across, you have your regular data egress like you normally do. Mm -hmm. and. Um, I don't know about the cost layer on this one yet. There may be uh, something different that I'm, I haven't uh, had a chance to read up on. So please take that one, uh, you know, with a grain of salt. 
But uh, staying on the Microsoft backbone is really important because you know it's a trusted network. You already have your data in Azure, so therefore you are trusting Microsoft Azure as a network as well. So that's really important that you get to stay on trusted networks and DMARC somewhere worldwide off of their backbone. What, what, are, you, what are you thinking about? I can see the wheels turning. <laughs> <laughs> so the good thing about this is I use... So you are right in all of the things that, that you are saying, although I have to add one thing is we did cover this on that same episode and it was in preview and now it's GA. But yeah. the good thing about this, I see this and that it's, it's, that's the way that I like this, this, this show is we come with different perspectives, but it's, it's valid perspectives from the field. I have a different perspective of this or a different usage of this that I did use this week, for example, uh, when I was designing, in this case, uh, a landing zone for a global dispersed uh, um, uh, client that they have their main data center in US. Okay, Although they are dispersed in Europe, uh, in India, for example, in South Asia. So... This, what allows you is with, the, with more than 180 edge point of presence that basically are the center of uh, internet on, on different regions. Uh, and one of the biggest one in North America is in Chicago, for example. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, there is presence of Azure directly there. So if you are connected to one of those point of presence and you enter into the Azure world, into those point of presence, then you can leverage all of that. So for example, uh, what we were changing is they have the entire mesh network, okay, built on top of Cisco, for example. Um, and uh, you can have one different, I'm just picking up Cisco because it did come to my mind. Uh, you have uh, like well, it's a, a, common, a common and it's a common network. one, right? Um, they have a lot of these mesh and, and, and all of that uh, on different regions. Um, and they can use, in this case, the closest one. Because if you have, first of all, if, you, if it's, it's cheaper to have MPLS, even if you want MPLS with a good bandwidth from their location, for example, I'm going to pick Brazil, okay, uh, to that point in presence in Brazil. Okay, in South America, and then entering at Brazil, for example, or even let's not pick Brazil, let's pick uh, uh, the Australia. So if you want to MPLS to their data center over here, it's going to be huge. Okay, uh, that's pretty. Yeah, Australia to Chicago, I can't even imagine. Not even Chicago to even to the to to the yeah to Chicago, for example. Let's let let's go on that path. Even if you're doing that, no one is is mentally doing a, a MPLS from Chicago from from Australia <laughs> to Chicago okay because it's it, it, so so I'm going to put that challenge out there for our listeners if you have successfully implemented a uh, completely wrapped around the world MPLS network like that from Australia to anywhere in the Americas 
uh, please go in the comments and let us know because exactly. we would like to offer uh, no, some free counseling and, services. And let and let us know what is the latency because the problem here is the latency, right? Exactly. Yeah, and how you get that past uh, the and CFO how many hops how many hops are you getting until you you getting to the destination, right? So and this this is you. you Probably no one is 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 taking care of or, or not taking care, not thinking about this. Why is so important doing this? But for example, let's talk about that. An MPLS directly from Australia to Chicago uh, is is going to be very uh, uh, latency or a very high latency, very with a lot of hops and probably very costly. Okay, so it's and the bandwidth that will be available, it's not great. Let's call it this way. Okay, so instead of doing that, what I like about all of this routing preference is, is the possibility of going from when you are, for example, in Australia to a data center in, in this case, Azure Data Center in Australia. So you get lower latency to get into that, right? Into data center. You don't need to deploy any type of infrastructure uh, there, right? Uh, you probably could have even a, a gateway or probably some networking, but you don't need any any other else infrastructure. You don't need firewalls. You don't need anything on that point. If you want, yes, okay, there is no problem with that, but you don't need. And then you are entered, like you said, on the backbone. And the backbone, we're talking about very big um very big, uh, uh, huge internet pipes. Like last time I heard it was on the terabytes per second. Well, lots of a ginormous bandwidth, right? That is the backbone of, of Azure. And now you have the, the opportunity to be, like you said, on a closed network connected. And you are getting out, in this case, from your site without paying anything more besides the egress traffic, but if you have, in this case, express route, for example, you don't even pay for that, right? And you're starting to create a mesh inside of Azure using their infrastructure. And, and that's the part that you don't need, look at this, you don't need to, besides creating those routing preference, that is one-time configuration, you don't need to manage devices, you don't need to manage networking you don't need to manage all of those type of things to see oh what what i'm going to do regarding availability no this is the very core service of azure and that's the part that i like about that because now you are taking first of all the capex from the organization into the into the into the subs not subscription oops uh, yeah, you change it to operate to uh, operation to the from capex right. to opex, and yeah. you are taking the load from the network team to just basically uh, be able to configure other things that the mesh that you have or VPNs and all of that. So exactly, it's yeah. it's a good thing to have it, right? It is, yeah. So and we, and we always have this conversation with all of our different clients, both uh, on our own and when we get to work together. But it's a critical conversation because we're always talking about Azure native services. And anytime yeah. that we can uh, fall onto the Azure native service, we know that the performance is going to mesh better 
it's going to perform at the benchmarks that are advertised yeah. because uh, Microsoft has been very good about that. And they take those uh, benchmarks really seriously, right? And, um, it, so if and you... it's not only that. I think this service is one of the few services that Microsoft gives you 100% of SLA. Well, this is the th yeah, that's the thing, right? So they have so, <laughs> a very high SLA. Very it's high? Like, it's 100% of SLA. It's not going to get any better, right? <laughs> because they've... Because like uh, like in those articles, um, yeah. they've been uh, working on building this as a mesh network. So Completely. there's no single, uh, and in many cases, no even uh, two or three points of failure. There's multiple ingress and egress points, and they've got all of these pops worldwide. Um, it's a really, really cool thing, right? So, and yeah, we're talking I'm about really more than 165,000 miles of fiber. <laughs> I saw that in the article. So it's, uh, it's, it's hard to imagine that, right? Yeah, exactly. I have only fiber from my computer to my to my switch over there, and I think that I'm I'm wow. I have ten gigabits, and I'm it's yeah. They have like terabytes, and I say yeah yeah. <laughs> let's not let's move on to the next one so I don't get depressed with my <laughs> with my lack of terabytes. Uh, per second of bandwidth at my house. Uh, so we, we have a bit of a theme twist coming up because we usually steer uh, a little bit away from some certain topics such as development, right? Yes. But we have some interrelated items here. So what, what do we have coming up for our next? Uh, so uh, we have this token life management is now in private preview. And, and this is related to a little bit of DevOps, and usually we don't cover that much, but because we have a very um, good agenda, we decided and it's something that we like to talk about it, and it's something that we want to just uh, mention on our show. And this is, this is good because now with the DevOps UI, you can create, renew, and expire what's called personal tokens. Um, and this is this is the, the the functionality that I like because I did use this in a, in, in in private preview another day uh, when we when I was talking with my developer uh, in this case and they were uh, and they want to access and I was able to create this it was in preview yes but it was able to create for them to test it so it's pretty mm -hmm. cool this this part. Yeah, and I, I really liked um, one of the reasons that um, my my vote was to also keep it in was because uh, it's really uh, going to be an integrated part with the, the Azure pipelines, right? Yeah. And the whole, I mean, everybody coins the, the three and four letter acronyms, but uh, that continuous improvement and continuous deployment uh, is really important because the more we see things changing rapidly, we need to make these uh, many minor adjustments to our systems in, you know, code, infrastructure, infrastructure as code, all these things working together. But if we make a bunch of minor adjustments, then we don't have to do a full rebuild, right? We get used to that cycle. And it's Absolutely. important to introduce our organizations to that minor change cycle so that we can help move them forwards with that as well. Yeah. So that's my two cents on that one. No, absolutely. You are you are absolutely right. And and this is applicable not to the entire DevOps UI, but for example, for the Azure artifacts and Azure pipelines, you are you are 
obtaining this uh, and the part that I like about this and I was I have to confess I was this week on um, on the MVP what's called the internal call with with the product group um, and they were showing some of the new fixtures that they are coming regarding Azure DevOps and the part interesting is um, there is that uh, saying or proverb saying eat your eat your own dog food right and they are doing sprints on Azure DevOps to develop Azure DevOps. <laughs> so I think that's, it's, that's an interesting thing, right? Because it is. It, it, it is an interesting how thing. Powerful the platform is, right? And 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 it's funny because it sounds redundant, but they are using their own platform to get better that platform that they are using. So it's kind of confusing saying, but it's it's literally seeing that okay. They make and and they they even said um, that the part that I like they say yes uh, we were not very good onto this but we are trying to get better and that is the humble part of it that I like on these big organizations because yeah it, it is one thing that um, I find in the Microsoft community right uh, you know company like corporate side included yeah is they really do embrace change and uh, you know. You know, uh, you and I talk about this often, um, kind of outside of podcasting, but it's okay to make mistakes uh, because it shows that you're stretching your limits and you're trying to learn and taking on new things. Yeah. And it's interesting because I've been encountering that with some, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, peers uh, recently as well, that uh, it's okay to extend. I mean, as you know, I make a lot of mistakes. The difference, I think, between a seasoned IT professional and a beginner is that you have to know just when to admit <laughs> that you made that mistake and that uh, if you have to ask for help, you say, hey, you know, Marcos, uh, can you uh, give me a hand with this? I kind of messed this one Absolutely. up. I think I need your fresh eyes on this thing. Absolutely. And and there's nothing wrong with that. There's it's nothing uh, part wrong. of being human. It's part of uh, evolving and getting better. So exactly. yeah, don't be afraid to make mistakes and do new th things. It's cool. It's, it's fine. It's cool. It's fun. And and and, and that's why uh, that's why I like um, I like to experience new things. And that's and that's a very good segue. It could not be the best segue for the next three in one. Let's go this way. Uh, three on one <laughs> updates. So Azure AD Insights, it's not my wheelhouse, I have to say, although I did work uh, on some of those projects to, um, especially on Hadoop and on Apache Kafka, um, on some doing all of this. And now it's good to see that new Brazil Southwest region are added this service, the Azure AD Insights. Okay. So that means that the open source frameworks like Adoop, uh, Apache Park, Apache Live, LLAP, that I don't know what it is, I apologize, Apache Kafka and Apache Storm will be available on, on, on Brazil uh, Southeast in this case. Um, and that's a very good thing. It's now available uh, on that region uh, in Brazil. Yeah. Yeah, it, exactly. And I'm in the same boat. Um, there's some develop, open source development stuff in there that uh, I recognize. And uh, I know I have uh, my, uh, actually my big brother works, uh, well, used to work with R. 
doing a lot of uh, financial analysis at big big data scale. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of interesting things. So we've been seeing um, Brazil really expanding yeah. uh, what they have available. Also, uh, not so long ago, they announced um, another data center region uh, extending in Brazil as well. Yeah, exactly. I want to say it was like three weeks ago or something. Absolutely. It doesn't blend together anything around Ignite, so I have to apologize. No, it doesn't. But it's not the only region. So Norway, the, the other region is Norway East region is added to HD Insight as well. That's why yeah. we are saying that that is that. Uh, I have to confess that I did work last time. Last time I worked with one of those tools was Apache Kafka. It's basically a streamlined, um, let's call it data or, or, or streamlined database. Not, it's not a database, but uh, a streamline that, that you can use. Uh, very close with other tools and it's really powerful the way that they are working on that it's really cool uh, i have to say especially for um etl type of of, of workloads mm -hmm. the 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 uh, um, the etl that you need to transform some of that data it's really really good that part but it's not the only thing so apache kafka is one of the or the the azure insight is one of the topics of this week that's As, right. but wait, there's more. There is more. <laughs> yes, there is more. Uh, there is another general availability of Australia uh, Central 2, although it's not HD Insight, but it's Application, application Insight. Yeah. So this tool, I've been working lately with this tool, Application Insight, and is fabulous, I have to say. Okay, I have to take my ad off of this. Uh, it's really, really cool. The way that, and it's really simple. The way that you enable this on a VM, okay, and it collects that telemetry, collects that information, and puts that on a visualization that you can see what is connected, how is connected, and to who is connected, is brilliant. I have to say that is brilliant. So now you know what is consuming. And the, and the best thing of that is attaching to this with Azure Monitor, with the good alerting monitoring, you can do marvelous with this service. Yeah, yeah, you can really uh, dig very deep. And once it's integrated with Azure Monitor, of course, now we have the added flexibility of some automation, alerting, ticketing, and uh, my favorite piece in the automation uh, for fixing things has long been that uh, we have to build those kinds of uh, 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 monitoring tools, sorry, to uh, be able to fix the problem, not just tell us about it. And uh, Azure Monitor has come a really long way in the last, I want to say, a uh, couple of changes that they've had to allow us to build those uh, automations out much more easier. So it's less uh, less codey and more graphical now is kind of the way things have been going, uh, codeless. And deeper, and deep and deep analysis with easier. Like to be yeah. able to monitoring the, almost the same way the Windows and the Linux, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's very it's very deep and it's very detailed as well. So exactly, uh, if you know if if somebody is working 
with an application that, I, I mean, it's almost like it says, you need insight into the application um, at a deep layer. This is a really cool tool to explore. And uh, I think we both would encourage everyone to go and do that and uh, test it out in your, your dev test environment. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now going to moving to the most like the second topic. And again, it's it's a kind of a couple of, of updates um, with our good friend Azure Functions. I have to say that I've been working on this for a quite few time now to implement some of my automation that I want to, to, to bring uh, in this case. I've been working with Azure Function, uh, basically one of the reasons because of you as well. Uh, we are using Azure Functions on this show, um, as we already comment, um, that is brilliant, made by, by you in this case. And it makes me look at this on deep, on on the perspective or different perspective eyes. Like I have a very good friend of mine, it's not the same topic, but that he did, and, and it's not only him. I've been talking with different organizations and, diff and different friends and, and different colleagues that how they are using Azure DevOps, for example. Um, and it just blows my mind how, how they're using. Last time I, I was it, I, I had a very good friend of mine that is doing some kind of work for his master or PhD or whatever was it, uh, that he used Azure DevOps to uh, create his thesis. So he uses Azure, the Azure boards, for example. It's not related to this. I was going to this. talk about that, right? Because I was going to say, so... You know, um, you and I both as uh, kind of problem-solving oriented thinkers, right? So mm -hmm. uh, technical people have this sometimes this weird polarizing uh, thing where we see problems, we analyze them, and we can we get a bit rigid with it, right? And we're not always good at updating tasks and things like that. I'm sure you and I both have a long stream of project managers behind us that are all in counseling now. <laughs> We're very sorry. <laughs> but Azure Boards is really freaking cool, right? Because uh, it literally presents, like the way that uh, it presents the data, uh, the tasks uh, in sprints and in uh, as tasks to complete, and you simply drag and drop them, you can add the number of hours you've spent. It makes it easy. So I, I do want to kind of plug Azure Boards within DevOps a bit because I think it's worth exploring for um, yeah. business units, I want to say. Absolutely. Business units that have lots of people on different uh, diverse projects. Um, there's some really good use cases in there. And Absolutely. if you need help with it, um, just let us know yes, in the comments or on Twitter or something. We'll be happy to share whatever we know with you for sure. Absolutely. But in this case, we didn't talk about this update. <laughs> we talk <laughs> about usual. Azure we Functions little, uh, and it's related uh, to Azure Functions. <laughs> but now we have Node.js 14 in Azure Functions is now in GA. And that was the topic of this of this it, update. It was, yeah. So yeah, Azure Functions, of course, very powerful. Node.js also very powerful, but used really, really widely by a lot of developers for different things. Absolutely. So uh, we thought it was kind of cool that it's actually integrated now and generally available. It's uh, not yeah. it's not in preview. It's a GA uh, for Node.js 14 in Azure Functions. Really cool update. Yeah. Exactly. But. It but is not the only one. 
uh, .NET 5 is on Azure Functions now supports is supported. Okay, it's become GA, GA also in GA as well. So it's not only Node.js 14. Now the .NET 5, the last release, the last version of .NET is now available on Azure Functions as well. So we yeah, are starting to that. have more things that we can do it on Azure Functions to have, in this case, to be able to do it um, uh, and doing that. And and it's it's really cool to introduce that now you can have .NET function apps on a separate worker process in these outside of the Azure Functions. And that's the exactly. part that's, well, it, that is yeah, really cool. It's going to allow us to use Azure Functions to power actual application properly, like apps that are properly tiered, right? Yeah. So we can have a front end, we can have a middleware layer, and we can have a data or back end layer. Exactly. Um, so there's, it's going to allow us to tier things, which means that it's more scalable, that we take advantage of the built-in containerization and uh, we get a much more granular control on those processes. So, so from, uh, so I'm, I apologize, my, uh, my developer is showing a little bit on that one. Um, it is actually a really cool update because um, it's going to allow .NET 5 uh, to be properly used within the scope of Azure Functions. That's yeah. um, actually kind of cool. Yeah, yes. you think we get a good update for these things now? You just yeah. wait a couple more weeks. Exactly. But <laughs> it's not the only one. So now you have Python durable functions supported on uh, in Azure Functions. It's now become GA as well. So again, it's a kind of uh, Azure AG, AG inside an Azure Functions week, apparently, uh, because right now uh, Azure Functions have a lot of updates becoming GA. And this is a nice one. So now you can, you can have those durable functions written on Python. I have to say that uh, on my, when I have free time, when I have free time, uh, I'm learning Python because it seems to be a very nice um, scripting language in this case that I want to try to develop a little bit more. And I have to thank to my wife uh, when, when she's doing her uh, degree in this case um, in computer science that she's learning Python and she's pushing me to the Python world as well. So we are studying together, let's go this way. And I've been working on that and it's, it's, I'm happy to see this. That's why I bring over here on this, on, on the show, right? It is, yeah. And I remember, uh, I'm going to say early 2000s, there was a rumor Python was uh, a language of the past, but I've been, uh, in touch, I would say, with uh, different development um, functions and cases over the years. And I, I, I feel very strongly that about 10 years ago, Python really started to make a good, powerful comeback in the developer community. Um, it never went away because it was always in the back end powering a lot of other applications uh, that needed the flexibility of Python. So it's really cool how uh, Microsoft is integrating this. And I think it's a it's a big commitment to the whole uh, Linux platform open source as well because there's a lot of uh, Python integration within Linux as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And moving a little bit of subjects, 
um, talking about Azure Storage, but related to the first update with the routing preference. And now we can start to see why is that uh, a good update and why we start that week with that is because now we can see that using the routing preference that becomes GA, we can leverage that on Azure Storage. So we don't need to traffic again using the same example of going from Australia to, um, to North America. Uh, you don't need to traffic with all of that um, during uh, that time. Um, and now you can leverage this to coming. And I did pull some of those uh, internet egress pricing and it's, it's fairly cheap. So the first, first of all, the first uh, intercontinental and, and the part is this to up to five gigs per month, it's free, right? <laughs> and then you can have, uh, depending how much data are you talking about, okay? The intercontinental data transfer so it means that from North America to the other continents, it's 0 0.05 per gig. Okay. Yep. So really cheap. Uh, in this case, if you are doing the internet egress routed by Microsoft Premium, uh, depending how much it is, right? You can have that by the other ones. Comparing with egress traffic by transit ISP um, networks, it's even lower depending yep. how much you are trafficking. So exactly. it's yeah. really it's really cool to see that you don't even need to come to Azure or even if to build all of that. The between ISPs, right? That they are connected to Azure. Between Azure and between all of that global network that Azure have, in this case, you are able to very low costs of transferring that. And those costs is going away if you have express route. Bingo. Just one express Bingo. route for that. Okay. And all yeah. of that costs going away. And now you have this massively like 165,000 miles of fiber, <laughs> more than 180 uh, points of presence uh, globally. Uh, it's like, it's like you entered, it reminds me that movie of Skynet. Remember that? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Every single geek guy saw that at least three or four times. Uh, and oh, it reminds exactly. me that the Skynet, it's there. Well, I was just thinking, you know, with all that fiber, Microsoft is doing a good job of lighting up the world. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Completely. <laughs> I, I, I cannot say other thing besides that. It's, it's. It's like they are, uh, yeah, they are doing that uh, without any problems at all. Um, yeah. Last but not the least. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, you're guessing this is a very short, uh, um, not a very oh, I know, short. I was thinking, I, I don't think we've hit two hours yet, have we already? Uh, <laughs> uh, we are almost reaching three. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I know. IT, an IT 15 minutes is what I meant to no, say. No, exactly. <laughs> I five minutes, five minutes. I have to say, but well, the, the fixed in five minutes. Don't but the good thing that. is, yeah. it's not only so. We we all criticize Microsoft for that time, 
but it's not only Microsoft. So today I update my Mac and it, and it stays for 25 minutes, says 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I well, even, you know, I think it, it's it, it's easy to criticize those time estimates, right? Yeah, it is. But there's so many variables Completely. on every endpoint. It's really tough to yeah. actually have a good way to do that. So, exactly. Yeah, I would. But, anyways, but let's jump into this. Last but not least, GA of Azure Log Analytics in Australia Central too. So uh, we already talked about Azure Monitor. It's really interligated in this case, or interconnected to. Azure Log Analytics is is where, for example, Azure Sentinel relies on. Okay, exactly. one of our Log favorite Linux products at the yeah. at this at this part, uh, and it's it's basically where you can have all of those logs connected. So now, now and and I just want to say on Log Analytics, uh, yeah. I can't speak for every region because I don't work in every Azure region. There's just too many, but. I know in Canada and US, log analytics storage is surprisingly lower cost than what I initially thought last year before I started working with it all the time. Yeah. And I think that it's important to note because unless we get in and go hands on and play with things in a, like a testing environment, for example, um, that's where we can learn what the cost is going to be. So we have to do those measured tests and you know we store like one gig a day of logs or whatever, and then you can extrapolate your cost out for what it may be in production based on the data, right? Absolutely. So uh, it's nice to know what the per gigabyte uh, charge is for storage, but uh, you know how much do you actually generate from logging in day-to-day -day activity in certain business segments? That's the part that might be a little bit foggy, um, especially when I think about like security events for Azure Sentinel. So and, and I just wanted not, to say that. We it's have not to only that, Sentinel. it's like the way that Logan has been working so far, and, 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 you, and you know that you are working from for a long time, right? Um, we only add one tier of storage, right? So if you have like uh, all of that data that is coming, uh, for example, and you are only, only you only want the last 30 days that usually is what are you monitoring, right? Uh, the most of it. The other one can go on the historical, let's call it, or archive kind of tier. The archive or the cold tier, yeah. Or the cold tier. Right now you have that, but uh, a few months ago or a, or a few releases back, we didn't have that part. So it was fairly exactly. costive. Uh, that yeah, part... It's, it's been evolving and improving completely. so quickly. Completely. It's really cool. Completely. And that, and that's a good thing because now in Australia Central 2, they will have that possibility of having uh, having that. Um, we come around to our um, podcast, uh, our show. So once again, thank you uh, to you that you are listening. Yes, it's a very short one. You don't need to drive a long time to just uh, listen to us. Uh, we make it simple this week. Um, I think it, it's a very good week uh, regarding what we had last time. At least we cover a little bit more deep uh, all of those topics. Uh, but I want to thank you. Please don't forget to subscribe to help us out. It's uh, been tremendous. We are so humble to see the tremendous um, helping uh, and, and feedback from you guys. Please keep it, keep it up. Um, and thank you, Andrew, one more time for, for being here. 
this time we did record on our daylight. We didn't place too many jokes. Incredible, yeah, right? It, uh, well, everything worked out. We didn't have uh, the technical glitches that we <laughs> usually both of us have to. Kind oh of my work God! Through. Last week was your ad was all over the it, place. I have to say, it, it was. I was on a trip a couple of times moving around, <laughs> a bit, but that's okay. Uh, yeah. I fidget enough for both of us, so that's all right. Absolutely. Um, nonetheless, without dragging this out for our wonderful and beautiful listeners, thank you so much for joining us, and Marcos, thank you for having me again. Really appreciate it. You're very welcome. So I hope I can see you next week. And thank you once again. Bye.